So have you ever found yourself in a sticky, icky relationship where you are like, man, this is the hardest thing I have ever done, right? Or relationships where maybe they are wonderful and good and we cannot wait to see the other person, that there, there's a lightness, an airiness to it. And then others where we work so hard on them and sometimes we see the fruits of our labor and sometimes we're like, why do I keep doing this? And so what does it mean for us to engage in a conversation of, of kind of looking at our relationships and all the varied forms of those relationships, whether that is from the, the romantic or family friendships, work relationships, every day kind of coming across people, acquaintances even. How do we begin to navigate those relationships in such a way that when we do have those problems arise, we begin to understand the possibility that they hold. So for today, we are going to look into Acts chapter 6 to kind of help us, give us some sense of maybe how is any or all of this working. And Acts 6 is the apostles are present, also other disciples. The church has begun to grow. And there are people who speak Aramaic, there are people who speak Greek, there are all kinds of people, all kinds of differences. And they are trying to navigate what does it mean to continue to follow Jesus. Disciple means a student of. And so these students of Jesus are struggling. And we have the apostles who have become the leaders of the community, and they're going to try to help them as well. And so as we listen, may we recognize those moments of complication of the challenges that the first century Christians face, that maybe our lives aren't so disconnected from. Starting in chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. About that time, while the number of disciples continued to increase, a complaint arose. Greek-speaking disciples accused the Aramaic-speaking disciples because their widows were being overlooked in the daily food service. The twelve called a meeting of all the disciples and said, It isn't right for us to set aside proclamation of God's word in order to serve the tables. Okay, so here's what's happening. We've got the Aramaic and the Greek speaking, but first, what are they doing? They are trying to feed the people. They are trying to feed the widows. They are trying to feed those people who are in need. Okay, so as a community, they are trying to respond, but some people are getting overlooked. And the Greek speaking are like, well, it must be because the Greek speaking are being overlooked by the Aramaic speaking, right? They're trying to say, here's the difference and the problem. But what we need to back up and see is there's different languages being spoken, which means this is a cue, a literary moment of going, hey, there's miscommunication happening. Even with the best of intentions, they're trying to respond. They're beginning to miscommunicate. They are miscommunicating. They don't understand each other, 
And now they're kind of going, well, wait a minute, you're doing that on purpose, even though it doesn't seem to actually be the case. And for ourselves, when we think about miscommunication, right, how often when we are struggling in our relationships, when we're trying to navigate something difficult, is communication the number one issue at hand, whether that's on our side or another person's side, right? Generally, miscommunication is at the top of our relationships. And here, first century Christians, best of intentions, trying to respond to each other's needs are miscommunicating and they need help. And so the 12 call a meeting, the apostles, that is, the leaders call a meeting. And to recognize here that there are times when we aren't communicating well, where we need extra help. We need help from other people. We need to seek it out. And that can sometimes be hard to ask for that help because communication is one of those things where we think, nope, I got it or I should know it. I should understand it. I should understand what's going on. But so many times when that miscommunication is happening, when we're struggling with communicating in our relationships, we actually need to reach out for help, for different perspective. And so we get 12 here. Not only are the disciples struggling, but they reach out to the, all of the apostles, the whole group, and say, we got to have some help here. And so they call a meeting, and they're trying to figure it out. Because it says, right, it isn't right for us to set aside proclamation of God's word in order to serve tables. And we're like, well, who are you? But here's what they're stating. They're trying to get at the fact that we all have gifts and abilities and we all have particular work that we take on because we are gifted with. And so they are actually in the moment, we are hearing them process. They are actually trying to process the strategy of going, you know, We've got quite the workload in this area. Here are our gifts. I'm not sure that we can take on something else. And so what do they do? They're, we're actually watching the process of how to deal with miscommunication, with how to deal with a sticky situation when the relationship, there seems to be a problem. Not only do we ask for help, but also we begin to strategize and try to understand and try to go, wait, okay, what am I capable of doing? What am I not? Continuing on in verses three through four. Brothers and sisters, carefully choose seven well-respected men from among you. They must be well-respected and endowed by the Spirit with exceptional wisdom. We will put them in charge of the concerns. As for us, we will continue. We, we will, as for us, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the service of proclaiming the word. All right. So they're, they're talking it through. They're like, we've got to delegate. We, we can't just let this go. That when there's this problem of communication, when there is a problem in the relationship, it's this sense of, well, now we've got to create something new. And so they do. 
How often when there's a problem in the relationship, when it gets a little difficult, we get so focused in on what the problem is, on what the difficulty is, that we miss the opportunity to create a new response, a new way of navigating the relationship. And so the apostles are creating something new. They say, wait a minute, let's call seven amongst us who have this particular gift and ability, who have been given by God this gift and ability to respond in such a way. Let's give them the opportunity to serve in this capacity. Just as they serve in a particular way, so others can serve in another. It doesn't mean that one way is better than the other, but instead a recognition that none of us are good at everything, but all of us are good at something. And so how are we lifting up when the situation gets difficult with a relationship, how often do we get focused on, okay, what is the gift and ability that we each have in this way? And how can we support and encourage one another to actually come up with a solution instead of staying bogged down and, well, this is the problem. This is awful. I can't believe dynamic. So here they're trying to move forward. They're trying to move the conversation out of just problem to what is the possibility. And as they go through, right, as they're talking it through with the entire community, it's not like they're doing this in isolation, right? They're still helping one another. We can imagine the conversation going back and forth, that this conversation that is so short in the text actually took some time because it then is said in verses 5 through 6, this proposal pleased the entire community. They selected Stephen, a man endowed by the Holy Spirit with exceptional faith. Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. The community presented these seven to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So they recognize they need help, and they need extra help, and they need help in a way that says, wait a minute, we also need to lift others up whose gifts and abilities match this. And the entire community gets inspired. They get excited about it. And to think about that for ourselves, of how we navigate our relationships, our day-to-day -day stuff, when we're navigating and they're getting hard, but we're moving them from problem to possibility, that that can be inspiring not just for ourselves, but for others. This part also shows us something kind of interesting about relationships and navigating those conversations, that not only is there a need for help, but there's also a recognition that there are dynamics at play, and we need help from a multitude of sources. They didn't just pick one. They didn't say, no, we're going to dump in everything on you but instead to realize the dynamics of it all and how do we have a conversation through it. But then the other thing is that their response, that the response is connected to God. It's like, wait a minute, how can we encourage one another? This whole laying on of hands moment that they prayed over them and laid hands is a recognition of the dynamics 
of people and the gifts and abilities we all have, but also that our responses are connected to God. They can be connected. That when we're in relationship with one another, that when we're struggling, that we take stock of going, wait a minute, how is my response connected to God? How is my response connected to this prayer, this laying on of hands, which also shows us something really cool because this laying on of hands, really, we can see Jesus doing it throughout the Gospels where Jesus is healing people. He puts his hands on a leg, on an arm, on a shoulder and says, be healed. And they are healed. And so a sense of laying out of hands, we actually still do it when we ordain and install deacons and elders, that it is something that gets passed on. That this moment actually in Acts 6 is seen as the creation of deacons, those who serve and help others in ways that are connected to their gifts and abilities that are given by God. And so we get a sense not only of that connection to God, but also a connection to the teachings of Jesus, that when Jesus puts his hands on someone, it is for healing. And so for ourselves, when we're navigating, when we're trying to think through, not only who are we asking for help that can help us with and understand the dynamics of the situation, not only how is our response connected to God, but now how is the way that we are engaged in conversation, in the actions with others, connected to Jesus' healing. So the apostles are saying, we trust this. We trust this in you to be able to do this. And so an inspiring moment of the community coming together to deal with a difficult situation, but in a new way. They've built a new way of handling it. And so for ourselves, thinking through how we create, that we can create through asking for help, we can create through our responses, we can create by the way that we engage in healing. And what's amazing is the inspiration, the energy that this creates. Verse 7, God's word continued to grow. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased significantly. Even a large group of priests embraced the faith. That is saying, like, people were like, well, wait a minute. I like, we're not just focused on the problem. We're focused on creating something new, on a new way of engaging in relationships, in those problems, of navigating those things, and it inspired others. It even inspired some priests to become disciples. That is the impossible becoming possible. And so as we're thinking about how we begin those conversations, how do we begin to move them out of problem to possibility? What are the things that we will commit to engaging to create? How will we commit ourselves to healing in those relationships? We can't control anyone else. We cannot control someone else's response to us, but it does not mean that we don't continue to try. We don't continue to try in our life at every step of the way to be like, no, wait, I'm trying to understand how when I am in relationship with someone else, when I am communicating with someone else where I need help, 
how I can learn from others, how I can respond in new ways, and how I can be healing. Those are questions for ourselves, no matter the relationship we find ourselves in, no matter the difficulty we are navigating. Will it change all of our relationships? Maybe not. Will it change how we understand what's a healthy relationship? Probably. So how will we be inspired by Act 6 today? Thank you.